Welcome to the Practical Employment Law Podcast, a podcast covering all aspects of American employment law. I'm your host, Mark Chumley. The big news this week is that the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, has issued updated guidance on COVID-19 and the ADA, specifically the much-awaited update on mandatory vaccination policies in the workplace. Now, this is timely because it's clear at this point that the vaccine will be available before the end of the year, and a question that's coming up a lot is whether employers can or should require employees to get the vaccine. Like many other things in the employment law world, it's a complicated question with a lot of factors to consider. That's what I'll be talking about in this episode. The first point I want to make is that it's not yet clear exactly when vaccines will be available to the general public or who may be able to get them first. And until they're available to the general public, employers aren't really in a position to demand that employees go and get one. However, it does make sense for employers to plan ahead and get a handle on what they will do about this issue, and now is a good time to do that if you haven't already. Turning to the EEOC guidance, the update covers the ADA, Title II of the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act, and vaccinations. I've put the link to the guidance in the show notes, and I recommend that you read it. It's a long document, but the updated material is under letter K near the end of the document. Here are the highlights. First, the guidance states that the administration of a vaccination by the employer or by a third party contracted by the employer is not a medical examination under the ADA. If it was, the employer would have to show that it is job-related and consistent with business necessity. However, according to the CDC, healthcare providers should ask certain pre-vaccination screening questions to ensure there's no medical reason for a person not to receive the vaccine, and these questions, as opposed to the administration of the vaccine, may constitute a medical examination under the ADA. So if an employer is going to require that employees answer pre-vaccination screening questions that are disability-related, the employer must be able to demonstrate that those questions are job-related and consistent with business necessity. Now, this could be satisfied if the employer has a reasonable basis to believe that an employee who does not answer the questions and therefore does not receive the COVID-19 vaccination presents a direct threat to his or her own health or safety or to that of others. Now, there's two exceptions to this rule. First, if the employer makes the vaccination program strictly voluntary, the employee can simply decline to answer the screening questions and not get the vaccine. The employer cannot retaliate against the employee in this scenario. The second exception is if the vaccination is performed by a third party with whom the employer does not have a contract, like a pharmacy, for example. The latter scenario is one that will probably be fairly common. An employer may tell employees to go and get the vaccination on their own. That leads to the next point. The EEOC guidance says that asking for proof of a COVID-19 vaccination is not a medical-related inquiry. This is because there are many reasons that an employee might decline to get the vaccine, and they may or may not be related to a disability. Simply asking if the employee received a vaccination is not a medical-related inquiry, but the EEOC goes on to caution employers that they should not ask why an employee did not get the vaccine, and they should even caution employees not to provide medical information along with their proof of vaccination to avoid implicating the ADA. Now, perhaps the most 
anticipated part of the EEOC guidance has been the issue of mandatory vaccination policies, which some employers might be considering. The EEOC guidance implicitly recognizes the right of employers to make such policies, but notes two exceptions that need to be considered. These are accommodations for employees who are unable to receive the vaccine due to a disability or who are unable to receive the vaccine due to a sincerely held religious belief or practice. The ADA allows an employer to have a standard that includes a requirement that an individual will not pose a direct threat to the health or safety of the workplace. However, if a safety-based standard, such as a vaccination requirement, screens out an individual with a disability, the employer has to show that an unvaccinated employee would pose a direct threat due to a significant risk of substantial harm to the health and safety of the individual or to others that cannot be eliminated or reduced by reasonable accommodation. Now, employers considering that should conduct an individualized assessment of four factors in determining whether a direct threat exists. And again, these four factors are included in the EEOC guidance. Factor number one is the duration of the risk. Factor number two is the nature and severity of the potential harm. Factor number three, the likelihood that the potential harm will occur. And factor number four, the eminence of the potential harm. A conclusion that there is a direct threat would include a determination that an unvaccinated employee will expose others to the virus at work. If an employer determines that an employee who cannot be vaccinated due to a disability poses a direct threat, the employer can't simply exclude the employee from the workplace or take any other action unless there is no way to provide a reasonable accommodation that would eliminate or reduce the risk. If there is a direct threat that cannot be resolved, the employer can exclude the employee from physically entering the workplace, but this does not mean the employer can automatically terminate the employee. The employee may be entitled to accommodations, such as working remotely. A few additional points made by the EEOC are that managers should be trained to spot issues, including the need for accommodations. Employers must engage in the interactive process in such cases, and when considering accommodation, employers may rely on CDC guidance for suggestions. Also, the obligation to provide accommodations in the ADA context is limited. Employers do not have to provide accommodations that cause undue hardship, which usually involves significant expense or problems for the employer. The next issue covered by the guidance is what to do and if an employee says they cannot comply with a mandatory vaccination policy due to their religious beliefs. The EEOC notes that the employer must provide an accommodation for the religious belief unless it would pose an undue hardship under Title VII. Now, courts have defined undue hardship under Title VII as having more than a de minimis cost or burden on the employer. And note that this is a lesser standard to avoid accommodation than the undue hardship definition of the ADA. So, in other words, employers don't have to go as far to accommodate religious belief as they do to accommodate disabilities. As with the ADA, if accommodation is not possible, the employer may exclude the employee from the workplace, but that does not necessarily mean termination. And other accommodations may need to be considered, again, such as working from home. To sum up, the EEOC guidance allows for employers to impose mandatory vaccination policies, although they may have to make exceptions for employees who cannot comply due to disabilities or religious beliefs. If they cannot accommodate them in a way that mitigates the risk of having unvaccinated employees in the workplace, 
Such employees may be excluded from the workplace, but not necessarily terminated if their employment can be maintained by a reasonable accommodation, such as working remotely. It is worth noting that mandatory vaccination policies cannot be avoided due to political or scientific objections that employees may have, at least not as far as the EEOC is concerned. Having said all that, let's take a big step back. Much of the EEOC guidance was issued in the context of what if an employer makes vaccination mandatory. That's a big if, and it begs the question, should you require employees to get the vaccine? There's not an easy answer, but here are five points to consider. Point number one, what will you do about employees who refuse to comply? I've been saying for years that employers should not make rules that they are unable or unwilling to enforce. And let's face it, the whole vaccine issue is fraught with difficulty and has strong political significance for a lot of people. How will this play out in your workplace? Can you afford to lose large numbers of employees if it comes to that? Are you prepared to treat everyone the same with no exceptions for certain employees? If you don't, you could create discrimination claims. Employers need to consider these kind of questions before making any rules. Point number two, are you at risk if you do not mandate vaccines? The other side of the mandatory vaccination coin is that some employees or customers may argue that employers who do not require vaccines for all employees are putting them at risk. And if they contract COVID-19, they may sue. Now, this would be a hard claim to prove, especially in states with COVID-19 immunity laws, but it is a possibility. Also, employees might make OSHA claims about an unsafe workplace if employers don't mandate the vaccine for all employees. All of these claims would have seemed far-fetched even a year ago, but there's something for employers to consider and discuss at this point. Point number three, what will you do about government mandates? A related issue is that states may require vaccines on some level. There is a bill pending in the New York State Legislature, for example, that requires vaccines for anyone whose health would not be compromised by getting a vaccination. Others may be passed as well, and it would not be surprising to see governors act through executive orders to require vaccines broadly or in certain industries or sectors. If any of this comes to pass, such laws or orders would likely be subject to immediate legal challenges. It is worth considering what pos position your business will take while such challenges are pending. There also may be incentives for certain employers to adopt mandatory policies. Maybe health departments will lift restrictions on restaurants that can certify all employees have been vaccinated. Or restaurants or other businesses may want to use 100% vaccination rates as a marketing tool. Come and eat here at the restaurant where all of the staff have been vaccinated. It's another thing for employers to consider. Point number four, are there additional considerations for unionized workforces? The short answer is yes. If an employer has a unionized workforce, the decision to require vaccines would constitute a term or condition of employment and may be subject to bargaining with the union. Of course, the safety element gives the employer some leeway, but the fact remains that the union will have to be involved in the process. The first step is to review the collective bargaining agreement and determine what it says that may be applicable to the issue and what steps need to be taken. Another point for employers to consider is that those employers who are trying to keep a union out of their workplace may find that this issue is something employees feel strongly about, and it may be enough to pave the way for a union to come in. Point number five, are you prepared for the administrative strain? 
If an employer is going to mandate vaccines, they can anticipate things like turnover, accommodation requests, leave requests, impact on employee morale, and absences. These are all issues that will need to be addressed, and it makes sense to be prepared and not just expect managers to handle issues that might come up on top of their other duties. It makes sense to plan ahead about things like workflow, processes, and employee morale. So the biggest takeaway from all of this is that employers should consider the vaccine issue as soon as possible. This is true whether or not an employer intends to make vaccination mandatory. Most employers have COVID-19 committees or a group of managers who are handling their COVID-19 issues, and it makes sense for those groups to consider this issue as well in consultation with upper-level management and, of course, legal counsel. This has been the Practical Employment Law Podcast. Thanks for listening. Please watch for future episodes wherever you get podcasts. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you would like to contact me about any aspect of the podcast, my email address is mchumley at kmklaw.com, and my full contact information is in the show notes. This podcast was created for general informational purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or a solicitation to provide legal services. Although we attempt to ensure that the podcast is complete, accurate, and up-to-date, we assume no responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or timeliness. The information in this podcast is not intended to create, and listening to it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. Listeners should not act upon this information without seeking professional legal counsel.